Good morning, and welcome back to Word Here and There, Inspirational Plus. I am Carolyn, your podcast host. Perspective. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, verse 33. This statement comes in the middle of one of Jesus' sermons. He has just been telling his listeners that worry is pointless and unnecessary. He teaches that God can be trusted to take care of everything, and we can't change anything by worrying anyway. Here Jesus is saying, get your life in perspective. What is truly important is that you learn more and more about God and how he wants you to live. If you focus your energy on that and don't worry so much about the day-to-day stuff, you will realize that God takes care of all that anyway. The quote for today, Sunday the 17th, Sunday is a time when you sit back and reflect on all the blessings that you have received, smile at all the good things that you are enjoying. And anybody born today, this is your horoscope. You are an honest, straightforward, practical, realistic You speak your mind and say what you mean. This year you have wrapped up many things and let go of what was no longer relevant. Next year, in 2024, you will open new doors and and explore new avenues. Well, we don't have many more days to Christmas, but Christmas is uh, Monday after next. Wow, it's coming fast. I'm still not ready, but I'm working on it. Today, I'm going to read you Winter in Three Countries, A Cross Geography, A Season Ties Friends and Family. Shards of light slice through the slate gray sky, carving out these barren branches that claw at the cold winter air. My footsteps are brisk as I hurry down the street, and there a brittleness to the air as it slides down my throat in slivers. I have only been in Texas for a few months, and I have yet to feel a kinship with its winter landscape that opens itself up to me like a dry, bony hand. My mind latches onto my memories of snow from my childhood in Delaware, and I pine for its softness, for the way it covers up every surface and edge while luring the earth into restful sleep. The Texas winter leaves me raw and exposed and I feel my cheeks burning as the wind lashes my face, slipping through my coat pockets where I clench my gloved hands. I am a stranger to these silences that bring a tidiness to my days. At this time of year, the streets of my homeland, the Philippines, are filled with car honks and laughter, while snowflake cutouts hangings from department store ceilings slowly spin to Bing Crosby's crooning. I come from a country where winter remains a dream, while in Texas I seek relief from the winter hush that empties out the land. My ears strain against it while I sit at my writing desk, convinced that I am alone in this college town. I can sense that others are listening in from their apartments and homes, but we are all alone in this silence, unable to breach the walls that enclose us. This at least is what I have made myself believe until a man in a city bus hands me a tissue while I'm hacking into my sleeve. 
I take the tissue and thank him while he nods, lowering his eyes. Back in my apartment, I get an email from my friend Greg, who says he's back in town, and asks if I'd like to grab tacos on Austin's east side. I haven't spoke to anyone in days, and I jump at the offer. He picks me up at my apartment, and I sink into the joyous mess of his car's warm interior while filling my eyes drawn to the illuminated tea drops, sorry, tree tops hovering in the sky like crowns of thorns. I watch as the towering burnt orange buildings of our university give way to porn shops and graying, one-story homes east of I-35. I ask myself how Greg discovers such places, as well as we pull into a parking lot and make our way toward a lone food truck where a lunchtime queue has already massed. The radius of my movement in Austin is small, while blonde, blue-eyed Greg from Utah has seen more in his old Lexus inherited from his father. Feeling perfectly at home among these towering white Americans waiting to place their orders, he chatters away about his story he's working on, while I, a small Filipina, seek refuge in his banter that lifts and scatters through the cold winter light. Savoring every bit of it, he says, as we sit at a picnic table, squinting through our sunglasses at a blast of radiance that remains stingy in its warmth. We bunch our shoulders in our coats, welcoming the brightness with our giddy smiles. Darkness begins to creep on us in the late afternoon. Just as we're returning home from work, or in my case, from my university on a hill to my fourth floor apartment near the center of town. It laps at our heels, rising like a tide through the sky as we hurry down the windy Wellington streets, a moist chill seeping through the fibers of our coats. The entire city is plunged into darkness by the time I get home at a quarter past five, and I switch on my old heater, taking a seat at my dining table while feeling submerged by the weight of these lengthening evenings. It is beginning of July, and the end of winter in the Southern Hemisphere remains a faraway dream. With a big holiday like Christmas to infuse these cold, long evenings with its gleam, one simple leans, learns to endure the intimable darkness of a New Zealand winter. When a friend said she'd like to drop by my apartment, I cling to her message as it was a rare flingering of sunlight that can be bottled up and stored in my pantry to be later consumed in tiny, frugal drops. Whitney's texts me that she's waiting downstairs, and I take my apartment building's creaking elevator to the first floor. I find her standing outside, and like a good, hearty Wellington, she grins while shivering inside her brown leather jacket for the fact that she walked from her hillside home, and the wind and rain is a feat she feels no need to boast about. We quickly step inside my building's foyer, and a sudden gale rattles the glass door inside its frame. Inside my narrow, high-ceilinged apartment, we talked about everything and nothing over hot tea before a heavy silence sweeps over us, settling like a blanket over our unspoken thoughts. Whitney traces a finger over a reindeer with a skewed pair of eyes galloping sideways on her placemat, and through the silence I can hear what's on her mind. I never use these placemats, I say, 
seeing the irony of my choice. I've taken up these placemats I purchased more than a year ago at a yard sale, not because I'm in the mood for Christmas, but because my usual placemats have been laundered and are drying on a rack. They're really cute, Whitney says with a giggle. It's during moments like these that I can see the little girl she once was, and probably still is. And weirdly appropriately, too, I say, my eyes alighting on a flying Santa Claus on my placemat. We need Christmas at a time like this, she says. Just as I noticed that the reindeer colors slightly miss the outlines of its body, I can almost imagine Whitney hoisting herself onto its back before it merrily trots away. I glance at my window, where the darkness has pulled itself around us like a blindfold. At the edge of a hill that jumps into the bay, St. Gerard's Monastery punctures a hole into its shroud, setting itself alight like a distant hope. Back home in the Philippines, my mother takes out a small artificial Christmas tree she stores in our spare room, which is the same tree she bought a few years after we returned from Delaware when I was eight years old. She also takes out a wooden box, Norwegian ornaments she purchased at an estate sale in Delaware, and past Christmases come alive before my eyes as I help her hang the ornaments on the tree's branches. Drummer boys, skinny Santas with curling mustaches, little brown angels with surprised expressions and crescent moon wings. These were the tiny wooden people that animated the winters of my childhood, accompanying us back to the topics and they remain possessed by the lives they have silently witnessed. There were others that came with them from America, among them a little fat Santa and a pair of running bears from Woolworths and a laughing homemade porcelain star given to my father by a co-worker at the high school cafeteria where he worked. I handled the porcelain star with particular care as I hang it on one of the highest branches for I feel as though Lorraine, whose name is carved into the star's back, would have wanted this delicately made object to be treated gently. My mother never replaced the small tree. Even as its branches grew heavy with every new addition from a faraway land, a kiwi bird from a Santa hat, and coats sit, be sit beside the porcelain star with a hearty laugh. The frowning raccoon from Connecticut dangles above our wrapped presents. A smiling snowman I purchased in New Zealand hovers close to an armchair where my father sat to admire it on his final Christmas on earth. My latest addition to the tree is an Inuit mother and child carved from whalebone, which I bought home from Alaska last year. I can somehow see myself and my own mother in the smiling, mink-hellowed pair, striving to find our way together in the wake of my father's passing. Watching the lights flicker on the branches, my mother and I talk about the winters we spent, together or apart, in foreign lands. How did we survive those cold, depressing days while being so far away from home? And yet our wandering hearts return to those winters of years past, to hopes and dreams we nurtured and carried with us while the land found its needed rest. I hope you enjoy your Sunday and get prepared for the beginning of the week. This is Carolyn with Word Here and There, Inspirational Plus. Take care of yourselves.